Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. It's so good to have you with us today. If you're just now walking in and joining us, my name is Rhett. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's great to have you with us. Hey, can we do something right now? Can you hold your applause just for a second? Because I want to do something we do every week, and that is I want to welcome our online church podcast family. Come on, show your love to those who are listening online right now and online. Awesome. Hey, we know that there are many of you and your family and friends who are joining us right now via the internet online, and we want to tell you thank you so much for coming along on this journey with us. Even though you are not here with us, you're here spiritually, you are our family, and we cannot wait to see you soon at some point. So God bless you. All right. Hey, listen, I just mentioned it. We're in a new series called Choose Joy. Choose Joy. But before I tell you more about that, let me just I want to remind you of two things really quick, very important, very fast, and that is, everybody say, serve day. Serve day. day. Remember that Geico commercial with hump day? Okay, am I the only one that watches TV? All right. (laughs) Serve day. Sir, what is serve day? Serve day is an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love our city, to love our communities in very practical ways. And so you're like, "How, how can I be a part of that? Well, the main way that we do this, you guys, is through our small group format. So if you're not in a small group, you can still be a part of Serve Day, okay? But it probably might be a little bit hard to do it with the other small groups, okay? But you can go online right now to olc.church, click on the button that says Serve Day, see all the information there and all the details. And so very excited about this because this set, you're like, well, what time does it happen? It happens whenever the small groups have decided that, hey, this is what we're going to do. I know our small group is going to go and love on the uh, police department here in Nampa. Can I get a better amen to let's love our policemen, right? Aren't we thankful for the men and women who are on the front lines keeping us safe and secure? I love you guys so much. That's what we're doing as a small group. And so I don't know what your other small groups are doing, but I want to encourage you, if you haven't already talked about it, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be as simple as baking cookies and taking it to a friend. It can be, I mean, it's so many different things. There's so many different ideas on how you can be the hands and feet of Jesus and love our community in practical ways. And a lot of the ideas are going to be on olc.church. Everybody say serve day. Serve Serve day. day. It happens next Saturday, July the 11th. I also want to remind you, I know a lot of you have been asking, when are we going to return to our kids' life services? Well, we are going to, as it stands today, we're going to resume those next Sunday. And can I hear a better amen from the parents, somebody? Now, kids, I want you to know we're not saying amen because we don't love you. We love you so much. You are world changers. You are going to impact not only this generation, but the generations to come with the love of Jesus that's in your heart, kids. But I tell you, there is something very special that happens when you guys get together in your own environment and you're learning and you're growing in the things of God and you're with your friends and your community. There's something special that happens there, kids. And I'm telling you, hey, parents, our kids' life team is not babysitting your kids. We don't believe in babysitting. We believe in influencing your kids for the kingdom of God. We believe in calling out the world changer that they are. We believe in speaking life over them. We believe in praying the promises of God over them. We believe in loving them, encouraging them, and showing them who God has called them to be. Amen. Got one happy parent back here in the back. Love you. So we're starting our kids' life services again next Sunday. Now here, 
Listen, we live in a crazy world and crazy time, don't we? A lot of, we'll talk about some of this today. But here's the thing. Uh, as it stands, as of now, we will do that going into next Sunday. But everything's subject to change in this ever-changing environment, right? And so I'll, I would just say this. Have some grace with us as our team as we navigate this season. And so our plan is to do that. But I would say if you're not following us on social media, at One Life Idaho on Facebook or on Instagram, that's where we kind of pretty much give announcements. And so if anything changes, that's where it will be announced if anything changes. So if you come next week and you're like, well, Pastor said we're having it, and we're not, it's not because I made the decision. It's because the decision was made for us by other people. Do you understand what I'm saying, y'all? You get where I'm at? Okay. Awesome. Well, those are the two things I want to talk about. So let's jump into this message today. I want to jump in to really our theme verse for today. It comes out of Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. And this whole idea of choose joy, choose joy, is a series that I really got when I read this verse. This verse really reminded me of some things that Jesus wasn't only talked about doing, but that he did and that he wants to give you today. And so this was written hundreds of years before Christ even came. And this is a prophetic word given to Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet. A prophet means he simply heard from God and he basically told the people what God would speak to him. That's how God would speak hundreds of years before Christ came. All right? But this is what I want you to understand. Isaiah saw Jesus. Like he saw Jesus. He had a vision of Christ hundred years before Christ came. But not only did he have a vision of Jesus, you get this, he saw what Jesus would produce in each and every one of our lives. And there's so many different things, but one of those, which in particular, I think we need more now than ever, is this whole idea of joy. Look at what Isaiah said that Jesus would come to do and that he did and that people will experience. And it's a promise for you. You ready? It says that Jesus would come to give them the oil of, everybody say this word out loud, the oil of? Joy, the oil of joy. Every place where you're depressed, every place where you're anxious, every place where you're stressed, every place where you have turmoil, every place where you're afraid or have fear, any place where there's mourning, Jesus Christ came to give you joy. Listen, I want you to understand something today. God wants joy for your life. And listen, too many of us are settling for less, and I don't want you to settle for less because Jesus Christ himself paid a high price on the cross with his blood so that you can not only experience forgiveness of sins, healing, but that you could also experience joy. And since Jesus paid for it, I just believe that you ought to experience what he gave his life for. That's good preaching right there, Red. Amen. <laughs> Not only does he want to give you the oil of joy, he wants to give you, look at this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want you to notice this word spirit. Spirit, the spirit of heaviness. In other words, the weights of our life aren't just circumstantial. The weights that you're experiencing in your life right now, they're absolutely 100% spiritual. There is a spirit of heaviness. And it's unfortunate that 2020 just seems to be the year that the spirit of heaviness has moved into our nation, into our people, and into the world like never before. People are afraid. People are isolated. People are anxious. People are stressed out. There's racial divide. There's hatred. There's division. There's lack of unity. And I want you to understand what is happening in our nation, what is happening in our families and our friendships and around the world right now is spiritual. It's a spirit, a spirit of heaviness. And I don't tell you that to scare you. I actually tell you that to comfort you because Jesus even spoke to this. 
And it shouldn't surprise any of us because Jesus said, not on the screen, John 16, 33, Jesus said, hey, my friends, you're going to have some trouble in this world. You're going to have some spirits of heaviness to deal with, in other words. But take heart, be encouraged. I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Not only did Jesus tell us that, Jesus also told us in John 10.10, he said, listen, the devil's going to try to steal. He's going to try to kill. He's going to try to destroy. But here's the good news. I have come, Jesus Christ, his words. I have come so that you can experience life. But not only life, but life to the fullest. In other words, a full life is a joyous life. God wants to give you joy. And my hope today, my friend, is that you would begin today to experience the joy that he has for you. But here's the big idea that I need you to understand. Joy isn't just an emotion. Joy is a choice. Joy is a... Put that on the screen, my friend. Actually, I don't know if it's on the screen. I don't think we've got a note for that. I'm sorry. But joy is a choice. It's a choice. But here's, what you're, here, here's, the, here, here's kind of the, the, the rub. Many of us don't think that it's a choice. Many of us think that joy is circumstantial. And we think that, and we know that, and I know that because of the way we pray. Typically, our prayers go like this. God, man, if you'll just change these Democrats. God, if you'll just change these Republicans. Lord Jesus, if you'll change my boss, my coworkers, my neighbor, my cat, my dog, my spouse, my kids. Like, God, if you could bring things back to normal, I would begin to experience joy. That's how we pray, isn't it? A lot of us do. The reality is when we pray this kind of prayer, thinking that if we'll pray this, that, our, that all of a sudden we'd begin to experience joy, the problem is what we're saying is, God, you're not my joy. Like, I, my joy isn't dependent on you. My joy is dependent on circumstances changing. And I just want you to understand one thing about God. God doesn't always change your circumstances. But he always changes you. God doesn't always promise to change your circumstances, my friend. But God always promises to change you despite your circumstances. So what do we do? That's the question. What do we do? Well, I said it earlier. We've got to choose joy. We've got to choose joy. But here's the thing. Many of us were like, oh, Pastor Red, I don't feel like it. Oh, I don't feel like it. You know what? I don't feel like it either. Can I just be honest? Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, y'all, staying up till 2 a.m. with fireworks over my head, I'm grateful for the nation and praise God for the freedoms. Can we just put our hands together for the freedoms of our country right now? Aren't you thankful? But I've never lived in a state that has been more thankful for their freedoms than the state of Idaho because up to about 2 a.m. last night, I was hearing like explosion after explosion over my head. And get this, we've got a large dog. She's about 80 pounds. Her name is Molly. And that is the most anxious dog when it comes to fireworks. I literally thought my dog was going to have a heart attack. So last night till about 2 a.m., our dog is in our bed, which never happens, in between Linda and I, and we're trying to console this dog. This is not in my notes, everybody. This is free, okay? Like, I'm talking about coming in this morning not wanting to choose joy. I'm like, I'm dragging. My wagon's dragging. I'm from the south. Y'all know what wagon dragging means, right? Like... <laughs> Talk about choosing joy. We don't always feel like it, but here's the thing. Joy's not going to jump on you. If you think joy's going to jump on you, guess what? You're going to be waiting a long time, my friend. You've got to jump on joy. It's a decision. You've got to make it. And that's why I say all the time, choices lead. Your feelings will follow. You've got to make a choice. You've got to choose joy. 
My friends, I am preaching to myself this morning. If anybody gets blessed out of it, I'm going to walk out blessed today. Because for the last four months, I feel like I've been hit mentally upside the head by a Mack truck. Am I the only one? I feel like the dad who's in the grocery store with his toddler. He's at the checkout line at Albertsons. His, kid, his little toddler is screaming, ah! And the dad's, the dad's like, Justin, it's going to be okay, Justin. Justin, we're going to be home soon, Justin. Justin, life will get better, I promise, Justin. And the cashier was like, my goodness, she was so impressed by this dad who was just loving his son and taking care of him in this really hard moment. And the cash register lady, she said, cashier, she said, sir, it's so amazing to me how kind, how sweet you are to little, to little Justin. And the guy took for a moment, kind of stood back and looked at her and said, well, ma'am, my son's name is Ben. I'm Justin. Come on, am I the only one? Oh, Rhett, it's going to be okay, Rhett. Don't cry, Rhett. Oh, life will get better. We're going to be home soon, Rhett. That's how I feel, and I know that's how you have to feel this morning. So every Sunday throughout this series, I'm going to bring you a choice, and I'm going to give you a choice that if you make the choice, the promise on the other side of it, my friend, is joy. And I'm not talking fake joy, manufactured joy. I'm talking about a joy that goes deep within your soul, that brings comfort, that brings peace, that will change your life. So what is that choice? Well, here's the thing. What I'm about to tell you isn't going to surprise you. In fact, you're going to listen to this and go, I knew that. In fact, it's so simple that all of us know that we should be doing it, but we typically forget to do it. And so this isn't going to blow your mind but I want to show you what Paul teaches us about this choice today. And the first choice that I believe that we have to make is that we have got to pray first. Everybody say pray first. Pray first. We've got to come to a place in our lives where we say, God, I welcome you into my life today first. I want to welcome you into the process of my emotions and process of my family why? 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 Why do we want to do this? You ready? Because the promise on the other side of praying first, my friends, is joy. It's joy. And I'm going to show you a verse that I honestly believe connects joy and prayer better than any other in the entire Bible. It comes out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. And I just want to set this up for a moment. You need to understand the man who is writing this letter. His name is Paul. He's a church planner. He went to preach, but guess what happened? The brother got thrown in jail. He got thrown in jail because he was singing in church. Oh, did I just go there? I'm sorry. He was thrown in jail. He was hit upside the head with a fine for doing something that God's called him to do that didn't line up according to what the world would tell him. And this is his response. You ready for this? He says, rejoice. Time out right there. In other words, I expect you to already have joy, but I just need, to re- I need you to re-up on the joy you already have. I need you to rejoice in the Lord always. And this, just, this is what I want you to know. Notice the choice. Notice the attitude. Notice the decision. 
He said, hey, in case you didn't catch it in the first five words, let me say it one more time. I want to say this again, y'all. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Why would we do this? Because the Lord is near. Well, Rhett, what in the world does this have to do with prayer? You're saying pray first and you're talking about rejoicing. I don't get it. I'm going to show you in the next few verses where Paul begins to connect prayer and joy. And what I'm actually going to do today is I'm actually just outlining Philippians chapter 4. I'm going verse by verse. Typically when I put together a message, I have a thought and then I find supporting verses for that. But today I'm just going line by line of what Paul teaches us of how prayer connects with joy. So five reasons, really quick, if you're taking notes, write this down. By the way, our message notes are online at olc.church. Click that button. There's a button that says message notes right there on olc.church. If you'll click it, it'll pull up message notes. Here's the thing. Fill them in. You can send a PDF to yourself. You can email yourself. You can save it into your phone if you want to. We are a message note-taking church. Yeah, it looks a little bit different in these days. It's online, but can I encourage you today to take notes? Here's reason number one we ought to pray first. And by the way, every, every decision to pray first in this will all result in joy. Check this out. Number one, prayer replaces worry. This is the first thing you need to know about prayer. Prayer replaces worry. Do you know the root word for worry? You know what it means? I looked it up in the Greek. It means to strangle. This word worry, if you look it up, the English root word for worry is to strangle. It's to choke. And if I were to sit down and have a conversation over coffee with many of you, I believe that some of you would say, you know what, I feel like I'm choking. I feel like I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed out with the things that are happening and the things that I don't know that are going to happen. And I'm worried and I'm stressed out. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I'm about to choke. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's the COVID-19 thing. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your health. But if you were to be honest with yourself today, you'd say, man, that's me. I get that's how I feel. And the Bible says, I've got joy for you. Look at this, Philippians 4, 6. Again, going line by line. Rejoice in the Lord. And then he says, do not be anxious. Don't get choked up on the anxieties of your life. Don't be stressed out about anything. And then notice the very next words. But in every situation, by what? By prayer. So time out. What is Paul saying? Paul is simply saying, Prayer replaces worry. And this is what I've come to discover, everybody. What I've come to discover is what we worry about most reveals where we trust God the least. What we worry about most reveals where we trust God the least. Worry is like a rocking chair, isn't it? It gives you something to do, but it don't take you anywhere, does it? It's fun for a few minutes sitting outside a Cracker Barrel. You know, come on, somebody. But you ain't going nowhere. And many of us, man, we're spending so much emotional energy tied up in what may or may not happen in the future. And I'm telling you, my friend, it is robbing you of the joy that God wants to give you today in your life. This is a word for somebody today. And I just want to be honest with you. I can relate, man, because you look at Facebook, you look at Instagram, you look at social media, you turn on the news channel for like 30 seconds, and, and you're like, God, what in the world is going on? Did I miss the trumpet call? Like, what in the world is happening right now? What's happening? We're worried. But then Jesus comes along and says in Matthew 6, 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? He says, hey, guys, you're putting an emotion into your future that doesn't belong in your now. And he also says this. That's why Matthew 6, 34 says, so therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. And that's the truth. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. So what do we do? Well, we do what the previous verse that Jesus said in 6.33 of Matthew. That is, seek first. Everybody say, seek first. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, we pray first. We invite God into the process. And what happens when we invite God in the process is that a miracle happens. What's the miracle? That all things, look at this, what things? The things we're worried about, our family, our finances, our health, our emotions. The provision that God knows that you need before you even know that you need it. All of those things, look at what happens. Jesus said, oh, they'll be given to you as well. Like, I'm going to take care of you. You're my son. You're my daughter. It's okay. I got you. That's what Jesus is saying. So we got to pray first. The number one reason to that is because it replaces worry. Here's number two. Write this down. And that is prayer, it relinquishes control. Look at Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Again, going line by line. It says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. In other words, God's saying, hey, man, just go ahead and thank him before he even answers your prayer, knowing that he's going to answer your prayer. That's what thanksgiving means. And look at this. Present your request. Everybody say Present. Present, present. What does present mean? Do you know what that means? I looked it up. You ready for this? It means to lay down. It means to walk away. Present means to surrender control. That's what present means. And a lot of us, we've never prayed this way. In fact, a lot of us want co-control when we pray. Like, God, I want you to do this, and this is how I want you to do it. This is when I want you to do it. This is what it needs to look like when you do it. We cool, God, you got that? And I just want you to know, if that's you today, I've been there, I get it. God doesn't play ball that way. God doesn't want co-ownership. He wants you to present it. He wants you to give it to him. He wants you to lay it down. He wants you to surrender it, and he wants you to walk away because there is a promise tied to presenting. You ready for this? Look at this. And the peace of God, my friends, the peace of God which transcends our understanding will guard what? Our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Here's the lesson I want us to learn today, and that is that it can't be God's problem and my problem at the same time. What we're dealing with can't be my problem and God's problem at the same time. So what do we do? God, I present this to you. I lay it down. I surrender it to you. I give it to you, and I walk away. Red, are you sure about this? Really, does Scripture say this? Yes. Look at 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your anxiety on him. You know what the word cast means? It means to throw. Throw it upon him. Why? Because Jesus Christ cares for you. So I'm going to leave it there. Why? Because I'm underneath his care, everybody. God wants you to lay it down. If you're carrying it, my friend, you don't have to. Here's my prayer for you today for those who are worried. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with, everybody say this word out loud, fill you with all what? Joy and peace. How, God? How, Red? Because I want it. As you trust in him, as you seek him first, as you pray, as you invite God into every area of your life. And my friends, listen, I'm not saying this is easy to do because it's not, but it's a choice. Choose joy. It's a choice. So prayer replaces our worry. Prayer relinquishes control. Man, I hope you guys are receiving something out of this today. Come on, if you are, give me an amen or something. Let me know you're with me, Okay. That just helps me, by the way. I have insecurities, just being honest, all right? That, that helps me know you're connecting. Number three, here it is. Prayer realigns our thinking. Prayer realigns our thinking. Look at the next verse, just going line by line. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Again, line by line, outlining the chapter. Paul's teaching us the connection between prayer and joy. So finally, brothers, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, or even admirable, if anything is excellent... 
If anything is praiseworthy, I want you to think about such things. So that begs the question, where in the world do you get that kind of thinking, everybody? You ready for it? In God's presence. How do we access his presence? You ready for this? Through prayer. You get this kind of thinking when you spend time with God and you invite him into every area of your life. This is the truth. The reason many of us, I'm just going to get honest and a little bit on your toes this morning as well as mine, okay? I'm normally not this confrontational, but I think, I think in this time and this season, this is something we all need to hear. So I present this truth and love to every single one of us. But many of us are stressed out. Many of us are anxious. Many of us have fear. Many of us are dealing with depression and isolation in so many different areas. And here's why. It's because we're allowing the world and all access past and all access past to our mind. How does it get to our mind? Through our eyes. So Facebook, Instagram, social media, the news. I'm not saying all of that is bad. Because no, there is a good in it. But I'm saying you've got to learn how to limit your consumption. Because my friends, you can't have a positive life with a negative mind. Look at this. You can't have, put that on the screen, my friend. You can't have a positive life. You can't experience joy with a negative mind. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. What you consume, you exhume. And I'm just saying, I think it's time, you guys, as a church, as the body of Christ, to rise up and to realign our thinking with God's word and God's presence. And how do we do that? We simply say, God, you know, I know I'm not perfect, but Lord, I'm just asking you to help renew my mind, cleanse my mind, cleanse, cleanse my thought life. God, your word says that I can take captive every thought and I can make it obedient to your word. And I'm just asking you to purify my thought life because I recognize what comes in comes out. And God, I want your joy. And so in order to have joy out, I need to receive joy in. And that joy comes from your presence. And we access your presence through prayer. It's through prayer. So it's time to choose joy. Colossians 3 tells us this way. Guys, you need to think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. Listen, there's more to life than just this life. We're just passing through. Time is short, you guys. Heaven is waiting. It's beautiful. It's glorious. I promise you, you want to be there. There's more to life than this life. Somebody told me this week, you know, it's kind of like a hallway. Earth is a hallway to heaven. You see what I'm saying? Like, we're just passing through. It's nice, but it's nothing compared to what God has for us. So if we want to get control of our thoughts, if we want to begin to experience joy, we've got to choose joy by praying first and asking God to renew our mind. So it replaces my worry. It relinquishes control. It realigns our thinking. Here's number four that prayer does. It reveals contentment. Prayer reveals contentment. Pretty amazing how you go into the presence of God through prayer and your perspective begins to change. Typically, my prayer life goes like this. God, I need this. I need this. God, I want this. I need this to happen. I need this to happen. I want this. But then by the time I start getting into that, I start to recognize the Spirit of God starts to speak to me in my innermost being. And I begin to realize my, my perspective shifts. And I begin to realize, you know, God, you know what? I really don't need that. Like, I have everything I need. That's what prayer does. It's a powerful that's why Paul told us, again, next verse, outlining the chapter, verse 12. Guys, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content. Where in the world then, Paul, did you learn the secret of being content? Please tell us through prayer. When I realized at the beginning of the verse, it said, the Lord is near. 
Because every time I'm close to God, I have everything that I need in and every situation. Whether I'm well-fed, look at the rest of the verse. Whether I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want, no matter the situation, I've never been more satisfied. I've never been more content. Why? Because he learned the secret of even David. King David, Psalm 23, verse 1. Look at this. He came to recognize that the Lord is my shepherd and that I have all that I need. I'm telling you, when you begin to realize this truth, my friend, you will begin to experience joy. And here's the last one, and this is what we'll close with today. And that is number five. Fifth reason you need to pray first. Fifth reason a prayer that results in joy is this. Prayer relies on God. In other words, prayer trusts God. And so we're going to present our requests unto God. Look at the next verse, Philippians 4.13. I can. Everybody say, I can. I can. I can take on this week. I can be a great spouse. I can be a great parent. I can be a great leader. I can be a great friend. I can, even in all the areas that I'm afraid and want to crawl up into a ball and hide in my closet because I'm so scared. Even in those moments, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Why? Because he came to realize, here it is, he explains it in the next verse, 19, that my God will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. But not only that, here's the bottom line, Proverbs 16, 20. For those who trust the Lord, those who seek him first, those who pray, those who invite him into every process and into every area of their life, Here's the promise. Look at this. They will be what? Read that out loud. They will be what? Come on, say joyful. Say joyful. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. I'll write this down and then we'll close. And that is, guys, joy is the determined choice to trust God in all things. Hey, you want to experience joy? You got to make a choice. Joy is the determined choice to do what? It's to trust God. In all things. Will you do this for me? Will you bow your head and will you close your eyes? Nobody looking around. We're going to close here in the next five minutes. I want to pray for you this morning. I mentioned earlier that Jesus came to give you the oil of joy, to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And there are some of you in this room today who are, he- are experiencing this hev- heaviness of anxiety, of stress, of depression. Some of you in this room, you're thinking about giving it all up. You've lost hope. You're like, if this is what it's going to be, I have no reason to live. And I want to tell you right now, my friend, that is the spirit of heaviness. And as your pastor and as your friend today, I intercede for you and I pray the promise of God over you. And I rebuke the spirit of heaviness over your life. And I speak freedom. I speak an open heaven of joy, an open heaven of the fresh touch of the power of the Holy Spirit, who is your friend, who is your comforter, who is your guide, who loves you, who gave his life for you so that you can experience life in hope. My friend, you are free today by the power and the blood of Christ and what he's done for you, my friend. The spirit of heaviness has to leave over your life. God, I speak this over every family of One Life Church right now in the name of Jesus name of Jesus. God, I thank you for your love that permeates, God, that I thank you for your peace that transcends all understanding that is guarding their heart and mind. I thank you for the wisdom and the revelation, God, that you're beginning to give people right now in this moment, even to our guests today or somebody that may be here that doesn't know you, God, that I pray that your, your love that covers all would penetrate their heart and they'd be reminded, God, that there is hope. My friend, there is hope and his name is Jesus. There's no hope in ourselves. 
Hope is experienced in one way, and that is through God's one and only son. It's Jesus. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. There was a barrier between you and I and you and God and even me and God, and that barrier was sin. Sin separated us from God. Many of you are in this room right now today because you feel separation from God. You feel like God is so distant, like, like there's no way. You don't know the things that I've done, God. You don't know the hurt. You don't know the pain. You don't know the things that I've done or things that I've experienced. How, God, could you accept me? And God's telling you today, my friend, listen, I know that's what you've done. I know that's what's been done to you, but that is not who you are. You are my son. You are my daughter. And I created you in my image I gave my life for you. That sin, that shame, that guilt, I paid a price to bring freedom to your life so you don't have to experience that. That freedom, that price that was paid was Christ's blood for you. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't go to church enough. You can't do enough good things. You simply receive it. It's a gift. It's a gift. And that gift is available to you today. And I say that because I don't want you to walk out of this room today not experiencing the life, the joy, the peace and the fullness that God has for you. Jesus came to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. And if that's you today, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you down front. I'm not gonna ask you to stand. But with every head bowed and every eye closed in this room today, if that's you, would you simply be so bold to raise your hand and say, Pastor Rhett, that is me. Today, I'm gonna recommit my life to Christ or today, I'm gonna give my heart to Jesus today. If that's you, just all across the room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. God bless you. You can put your hands down. It's the greatest decision of your life. Now, some of you are here today, you didn't raise your hand, and that's okay. It's not a hand raise that changes your life. It's a heart that connects with God. Would you simply say a prayer like this? Say, Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. I believe you died. I believe you rose again. I believe you paid for my sin. Forgive me. Change me. Come live inside of me. God, today I declare you as my Lord. As my Savior, I put my faith, I put my trust, I put my hope in you. I give you my life. I give you my everything because you gave me your everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. 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 Hey, listen, if you just made that decision today, I want to say congratulations. That's the greatest decision of your life. One Life Church, can we put our hands together this morning and show some love and appreciation? Amen.